How was Arizona? It was warm. Yeah? Yeah. It was How was the flight back? Did you- uh the flight wasn't that bad. The the whole flight situation wasn't great. Do you want to stay there? What do you mean? Just stay in Zona? Oh, for forever? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have done that. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Feels like a lot's happened since the last time Derek Piper and I sat down for one of these podcasts, but here he is back from Arizona. Welcome back to the tundra, Derek Piper. Um, I was yeah, actually going to go to Arizona with you. Um, I'm actually glad I didn't because I got to see an epic in East Lansing. That was, uh, that was an eventful weekend for both of us. How was your end of it? It was fun. It, it was a lot of fun and, and getting to see the environment at Grand Canyon, one of a kind. Lived up to the billing, all the hype in uh, Arizona. I know that that first half, I, I enjoyed every single minute of it. It felt like a high-level round two game between like a two and seven or a three and a six, right? Yeah, that, that would have made sense to me. Uh, of course, the wheels fell off at the end for Illinois, but even the treat of getting to watch Nico Mannion <laughs> play, that, that was pretty fun. And, uh, and then also to be with the Phoenix Illini Club watching the Illinois football game was also a good time some good people there yeah um, Brad Key how is he is he doing oh, good fired up <laughs> fired up he was a little nervous because he was like the crowd's gonna file out at halftime and I got a raffle going in the third quarter so they actually pushed it up that touchdown right before half to make yeah. it 28-10 kind of Peaked the interest a little bit to, to stick around so, was good. So set me up. This was in a bar in Phoenix, right? There's the Phoenix Illini Alumni Club, and yeah. there's a lot of good people. I know Fred Wakefield lives out there and knows those guys. So, well, It's called, the area is Old Town in Scottsdale. Yeah. A ton of bars around, and each one is designated to a, well, in the area I was, other than Alabama, which was next door, they didn't have a very good time. Eddie Lacy was in the building. Uh, but really? Yeah. <laughs> What's Eddie Lacy doing now? How does he look? I, I don't know. I didn't get like a chance to see him. Normal Green Bay playing shape? Well, well Craig Choate was like, should we go say hello? And I'm like, they're two touchdowns down to LSU right now, <laughs> and I don't think it would be a good time. Yeah. Illinois has a bar. Iowa has a bar. Wisconsin, Penn State, Minnesota, all in that area. And, and they're just packed with – Big Ten fans, and I was kind of shocked. So in the Illinois at El Jefe, there's about 150. That's cool. People in there. I know that quite a few came out for the basketball trip, and that helped. But uh, what was that like being there while that game was going on in East Lansing? Because Derek covering that game. I mean, there haven't been many games like that that you and I have covered covering mm-hmm. Illinois. You know, Indiana would be one of those um, for me. But man, like I. It, even in the press box, I'm sitting there like pinching myself that this is a college football game that I get to cover that Illinois is actually a part of. Yeah, it had a feeling. It just reminded me, well, I know the people in that bar and people watching wherever they were, whether at home or you know media people watching yeah. it, are going to remember what they were doing or what they were thinking or where they were during that game, similar to the Illinois-Arizona comeback yeah. in 2005. I know they're not the same level getting right. to the Final Four, but to be bowl eligible and just be down – what was it, 25? 21 going into the final final quarter, but yeah, 28 to 3. It was Patriots. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's same nuts. one. So absolutely nuts. It was uh it was wild. I sent out a video of the the touchdown that, that went up at the end and it, it was loud and crazy and uh it, it was a good time. So what was it like uh being on the nuts, scene? Man. Um I actually on like, the sideline, right? I I'm actually like I don't know if I'm because I was in the press box. I usually go down to the field. 
Um, but I wanted to make sure I got a story out right away. So I wanted to be in the press box so I could write it and get something out right away. Um, because people don't know, like if, if you get something up quick and people are searching about the game, that you the, it's right out there. It's on Google and all that. But I told Isaac Trotter with three minutes left, you better get down there. And he did a fantastic job, one, with his column, two, getting the video of Lovey and Whitman. I think he was the only one that got that video. Uh, so he did a great job. So he covered my butt with that. Uh, but then I sprinted down. The people at the at the elevator were taking their dear time. <laughs> and we finally get down. And I start sprinting towards it. And, and I get to see Josh and Hope Whitman kind of celebrating with their own little moment. And I, I didn't want to impede on that, but you, you could tell just the pure joy and emotion. And we saw it with the players. I saw it with the players at Wisconsin. And I saw it after the game as well. But just, I mean, you think of Whitman. And what we were thinking, I had to ask him a question about what do you think of your football program right now at eleven and thirty-one, four and twenty-six, two and four overall this season. And he stuck by him, but you could tell like he wasn't like I'm all in on Lovey Smith at that point, right? Like not that I, I think he was actually looking for another coach. Yeah, there but, was that pro football scoop article. Yeah, and I don't know mentioned him, and I don't know how well sourced it was. Illinois vehem- vehemently denies it. Yeah, right, and, and I, I trust them with that. But he had to at least think about it. Like, man, this isn't That's part of his job. This isn't going it the way I need to. Um, and if if this continues to snowball, and it felt like it was snowballing at halftime in Michigan, right? Like, if this continues to snowball, I might have to make a move before I want to. And to see him and Lovey embrace like that, to see him and his wife embrace like that, you can tell how much this means to them. Like, this means more to them than average Joe Schmo fan, right? Even though that's a Even great though fan. Lovey's putting on the. Yeah. He's not that emotional about it. Although it's been We're pretty cool to see him smile. We're finally starting to see it. Yeah. We're finally starting to see it. And maybe it's just because they're winning, like, and there was no reason to show emotion beforehand. Yeah. But even like anger before you didn't really get to see it but that all has paid off for him because I think it's shown with his players being steady but yeah it it was awesome to be a part of and those are the games you dream of covering right because people care about it and people will remember it so how many times did your lead change oh I scrapped my story uh when Sidney Brown got that touchdown and this was before James McCourt missed the kick I, I like yelled in the press box, well, that's my third story. And everyone started laughing at it. Because like, there is some emotion from even, even us in the press box that this is happening? Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, so even us covering it that, that are, you know, obviously we're rooting for a story, which was the comeback. So you're kind of rooting for Illinois to win because that's a hell of a story and it'd be fun to cover. But like, as, as a writer who's like scrapping stories left and right, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating. A lot of unused words. <laughs> yeah, I had some good words if it was a loss. I had some good words if it was a win. So hopefully it turned out pretty well. But uh, yeah, this podcast, we're going to focus a lot on basketball though. Because uh, Isaac and I covered that game. I want to focus a lot on basketball. We're doing this Wednesday. It is 12.45 right now, uh, Central Time. So we're doing this before Brad Underwood speaks for his early signing period press conference. Uh, I haven't seen Andre Curbelo come through yet. I haven't seen Coleman Hawkins come through. But he's having a press conference today, so Curbelo is supposed to do it earlier today. Hawkins, his coach, told me they're doing a signing ceremony here for prolific prep uh, when they're here in Champaign this weekend. But I would imagine he signs today just so Orndale yeah. can talk about him, so he has more than one guy to talk about. But we'll break that down. But when we come back, Derek, we got to break down what we saw three games in, what we saw in Arizona, what we saw in Grand Canyon. That's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we got three games of a sample size here, Derek Piper. Uh, Grand Canyon and Nickel State, some iffy moments there, though at least it wasn't as iffy as Nickel State beating Pittsburgh. Think of what their resume would be right now. If they beat oh, Illinois, yeah. no doubt, <laughs> pretty good. I mean, they're long, athletic, kind of a bothersome team. Uh, but let's start with Grand Canyon. That that felt a lot like Nickel State to me. I thought Grand Canyon was better than Nickel State, but maybe they're not. But Illinois gets a double digit lead midway through the second half and kind of lets up, but finds a way to win the game. Like that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it definitely did. And luckily, late in that game, there was a stretch where it was within five, four or five, and that place was the loudest. I've ever been. It, it was just ringing your ears loud. What makes it so unique? Well, for us that weren't there, the students, the the amount of students that they have, the student representation, uh, they're all getting fired up before the game in an incredible tailgate spot that has like inflatable pop shot and hair hairspray and face painting stations and bags and everything you could want. Did you talk to anybody about like how that's come to be or? We talked to Colangelo about it, yeah, and he just he he didn't necessarily have the answer. Just said, you know, we we put everything into building it up, and we really focused on the experience, and that's how you get that's how you get those people into the building. Actually, one of the Illini staffers told me he was talking around, and that they might get school credit somehow for showing up to the games. Wow! But then you you, you put in that kind of sound system, and it's just a. <laughs> After the prayer, which everybody <laughs> joked on Twitter about the prayer, the, the serious prayer, like, oh, God, we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, then it, it turns into almost like a, a nightclub <laughs> as far as the music that's being played. It's bumping the bases right on my chair. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a very small and intimate, uh, very nice facilities. But, yeah, late in that game, Illinois' defense kind of let up and got burnt off the dribble. And they have stretches where their offense goes – goes stagnant and can't produce of course Kofi had a pretty good game that game that's right 23 and 14 Andres did as well um but Arizona I thought that was a high level game for what 25 minutes yep what changed (sighs) well you really had no answer one thing that didn't change you didn't have an answer for them defensively you know their offense scored 90 points I know that it was over 50 in the second half uh, but Illinois got tired. Uh, you could definitely tell with Kofi. Kofi having to play 18 minutes in the first half because of Georgie's foul trouble. That mm-hmm. definitely you know took a toll on him in the second half. And then Illinois tried to go inside. They made it a point of emphasis to go inside in the second half, and it just didn't work. The entry passes were very sloppy. Uh, they didn't any make Arizona honest at all. The, the backside, Nico cheated one time and, and, and came storming down from the wing and swiped it. Uh, and then... They're just moments where Illinois looks like they have no idea what they're running offensively. Which, I mean, how big of a surprise is that, Derek? I mean, they weren't complete in Italy. Um, there's there's new pieces. But I thought this team, and, and some people are like, hey, it's, it's game three. I understand that, but there's a lot of returners here. There's familiarity with the offense. There's familiarity with the defense. I know Kofi's new. I, knew, I know there's some different roles with Georgie and all that. But shouldn't they be more of a refined product? 
more than any other team in the country given, yeah. given the Italy trip given all that stuff no they should have an advantage there they, they yeah. should be one of the, there are a lot of teams in college basketball there's some stretches Sloppy of basketball, ugly basketball yeah. early in November and, and Illinois I mean this was the earliest start in Illinois program history and that's this, probably the same for a lot of other programs out there but I was just thinking Maui was Thanksgiving last mm-hmm. year and that's they, true. they had what two games under their belt before getting there or three I mean, games or something yeah, like that that sounds right they're gonna have like Eight games before Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. <laughs> so eight players on Illinois' roster played double-digit minutes against Arizona. Seven of them was on the, were on the team last year. Right. So they've played in the system. They, they've had essentially now two off-seasons. And to see an offense that is that has Felice and Trent and Iowa on the court at the same time, a majority of the time, not know what they're running or not be fluid or the ball movement and all that to, to – to be an issue that that's a little surprising to me. I know that you mentioned Georgie's playing a different role. Kofi is a different factor in there, but it just doesn't seem like that that should be as you know elevated of an issue as it is. Turnovers are ridiculous. Sixty-two turnovers in 125 minutes this year. Plus, they're not forcing nearly as many turnovers as they did. They're not last year. So let's let's tackle both that because we talk about turnover margin, how good it is for Illinois football. I think they're a plus ten during this four game winning streak. What's the difference in turnovers, both offensively and defensively, for Illinois? Defensively, it's it's adjusting their scheme. Yeah, it's doing something different where you're not gambling as much on the on the perimeter uh, as far as ball denial, and you're trying to be you're, you're comfortable with, and in theory, you're comfortable with allowing some drives into the lane because Kofi is. The one positive defensively I took away from Arizona is that dude's a legit rim protector. Right, and that's what surprised me that Brad Underwood's like dialed it back because he's actually got a rim protector. This yeah, time. that's true. Uh, and they played a lot of zone in that game, yeah. and it did not <laughs> did not go well. Uh, then again, I, I think Nico Nico showed that whatever you played against him, Green's a better shooter than probably they thought. That was Najee's really good. Yeah, stretch four. Green. The talk around Green was like we had no idea he was going to shoot like that. And then again, if he shoots threes like that, he's unstoppable because he's a physical freak. He can go to the rim. Top twenty pick, probably. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, turnovers forced is part of a philosophy change or adjustment, which I know a lot of people called for, and it's going to be it's still a work in progress because they're not getting enough stops. And then offensively, man, they've just been – they've come in a lot of different ways. Georgie's got, what, it seems like two or three offensive fouls in every game. Uh, Io has just forced forced stuff and had bad decisions. Uh, entry passes into the paint. Underwood said after the game, he, th- he felt like – and I'm sure he'll have the exact total after watching the film. It felt like 6-10 to 10 were just on trying to feed the ball inside. Yeah. Georgie and, hasn't been good with that. No. I mean, no one really has, but Georgie especially has not been good at that. Right. And you're at a point now where you've turned the ball over on 27% of your possessions. That's two, 329th in the country. That's horrible. Yeah. That's really, really bad. That can win games that way. No. You can't keep that up. So what changes, or what should they change, if anything? I think that you look and see, are you going to change the way you utilize Georgie? Are you going to try to commit more to staggering him and Kofi and not playing them on the court at the same time? So let's dive into that. Okay. Georgie is the best four on this team. Yes, that's scary. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk needs more time. Um, Tevian Jones is not here. Who Kipper. Do you, who, yeah, well, Kipper. What are you going to get there? 
Hey, you got one and one. <laughs> that was like, where did that come from? Yeah, where did that come from? Other than that, it was it was been really bad. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a net. He's ragging on the kid, but he's just a big negative right now. It's been bad. Uh, the rebound total is absolutely. So who do you put there? Is it Alan Griffin? Do you go small? Yeah, you probably would have to. Alan or Demonte. Demonte. And there's been stretches of Demonte where I know against Grand Canyon, I think he had seven rebounds. So you'll take that. There, there's certain areas with Demonte where you're just gonna be like, okay, you're not gonna score if you do these other things. If you defend and you rebound, we're okay. We can we can get by with having you on the court. Uh, yeah, Kipper, you can't run offense with Kipper. You, no. you watch the sets that they're trying to run, or even just the spread, and he's lost. He, I mean, he he looks very very lost. There's just no confidence there. Yeah, zero confidence. And to play at this level, you got to have some kind of confidence. It's amazing to me that that guy scored what 49 points at Madison Square Garden <laughs> in two games. Yeah, I, I don't know where that that guy's a memory, and he continues to be. But uh, just the thought of getting Georgie the ball more in his comfort zone on the on the block because he's hit three threes. Yeah, which is what is that more than Trent? It's more than Felice. It's as many as Io. It's not and more it's than the Trent. same as same amount as Trent. <laughs> That's that's a positive. On one end of the spectrum, yeah, it is. It's a positive. Uh, he did finish a couple times against Arizona around the rim, uh, or it was Grand Canyon. He finished a couple times around the rim. So I'm wondering, do you think Brad Underwood sticks with this group, or, or do you think he tinkers right away? Do you think he tries to build some chemistry with that group, or do you tinker now and then maybe delay building chemistry mm-hmm. when you really need it? These next four games, that's the big question. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm wondering because you're playing Hawaii, the Citadel, Hampton, and Lindenwood in your next four. I think you could probably afford to be a little stubborn and say, "Let's ride it out and, and let's try to figure it out." Right? Uh, because I think in, in general they still want Kofi and Georgie to play because it's your best five. It, best five, exactly. That's what it comes down to. It's not like Allen can hold you steady. But after that, there's such a huge drop-off to the seventh guy in the team right now. Right. And then another aspect of it, if you're not going to change up the personnel, are you going to change up what you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to maybe... We saw last year when the spread wasn't working, they went a lot of dribble-weave on the perimeter. Maybe you go horn set. Maybe you really just go a lot of high-low. And it's going to matter how you're going to be defended, but... The, the spread in general just does not look good. It, it can, can, went, can you can you you do this better than I do? So can you break down to people why the spread wouldn't work with this group right now? Well, it, there are situations where Georgie has the ball in his hands on the perimeter, and if it's not an open three, he's either, what's he going to do with it? You turn don't it want over. yeah turn it. You don't want him going off the dribble. You don't like him. He showed in, I think it was the exhibition game, the two-man game where he's the guy going around the pinch post and Kofi hands it off to him, and he almost hit the shot clock high off the glass. Uh, but really, just to run the spread in general, there has to be more – it has to be quick ball movement, mm-hmm. hard cuts, being able to run counters out of it, and you're not seeing that right now. So even if Georgie and Kofi were in there together – Along with whatever guard trio you have, you're you're not seeing the the tempo and the pace that that makes that offense work. But with Georgie and Kofi in particular, putting Georgie at the free throw line extended and have Kofi on the block makes more sense to me than having Georgie on a wing and Kofi in the pinch post. Yeah, where that's not his game. Right. Kofi's get him on the block as low as possible. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because uh, he runs the spread, but we did see last year a little um, 
a little John Gross kind of ball screen. I mean, this team would seem to fit that. And Kofi's really good, you know, rolling off that mm-hmm. ball screen. Get him involved and get a couple oops on that. Yeah, they have that in their arsenal. They've shown yeah. that some is is had the high ball screen. The other big is on the on the baseline, and it's kind of as they call it, roll replace where. Kofi's going to roll down the lane, the guard's going to roll down the lane, and that four-man pops out back to either the free-throw line or, the, or top of the key, and it, it creates high-low if it goes back out to the to essentially Georgie or Kipper and then can maybe dump it back down to Kofi. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we're going hard X's and O's, but <laughs> it, it's something that needs to be well, figured out. Well, I, I'm, I haven't focused as much on that because I'm just kind of seeing the personnel, how it works, but, yeah, I do think Brad's – got to dive into this because his team I, I know it's two and one it's expected they have a record that's expected but I think it's okay to be a little disappointed given the expectations and that makes you reevaluate as a coach okay well what do we need to do differently and what during this week of practice and next four games which I think is really beneficial I mean you you found out a lot about yourself that's what this was about these first three games right in this trip to Arizona and now you have four games in a week really to correct it the next two and a half weeks are very valuable because you should be able to beat this team just based on on your talent these next four yeah and it is important to focus on this especially when it comes to Brown Underwood because what did we think we what did we think that Illinois was getting when we got him was was a really good coach especially X's and O's and and being able to do different things and right now the recruiting looks pretty good and we'll get to that I mean the recruiting's actually been really good I don't want to take away from what he's doing there I mean a lot of credit to the assistant coaches but also Brad as well but you feel like again that you have at least in your top five or six on this team I I now we're questioning the type of depth that this team really has but there is enough talent to be able to do some things with it if you can figure it out schematically uh Kofi is much better than I thought he would be right away and even in Arizona where he had a quote-unquote down game Mm -hmm. for him based on his top three I mean nine and seven that's about what we projected he would get this year and that's against a team that can throw what three or four bigs at him yep um Andres Feliz I mean there's a reason I did that story it's because of how they talked about him and boy, he's living up to it. Those two, I know Andres had a really bad second half against Arizona with all those turnovers, but those two have been fantastic so far. Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say you did the flea story at that time because you knew he was going double-double and even <laughs> no. over. No, I did not. I did not see that. I mean, 27 rebounds through three games, 25 defensive rebounds mm-hmm. in three games for, I mean, he's listed at 6'2". He's not 6'2". No, he's not 6'2". <laughs> But he's super tough, and, yeah. and he's got a great motor, and now he's your – obviously, when things get tough late, he's the guy that they're putting the ball in his hands. And it, it, last year it was Io, and it worked against Grand Canyon that Felice just continued to make the right play. He hit the fadeaway. He had the dump off the Kofi. He had the flex. He had the tongue out. He's – throughout the offseason, you heard throughout, you know, from people over in that building every day that – this guy might be our best player. It's pretty amazing. On a team with Trent Frazier, Iowa DeSumo, Georgie Pashanishvili, we've talked about Georgie, uh, loved Trent early on, and, and I think he's played his role. But there is that balance, Derek, of, boy, when he gets hot, I want him hunting, right? It's yeah. kind of like Kobe White last night, seeing him put up oh, seven three-pointers. That was, that and was it, fun, wasn't And it? I do think his teammates need to do a better job of finding him when he's red hot like that, right? Like, Io and Andres didn't help him by having 12 turnovers in that game. Um, but Trent, I, I feel like he's got a different role. He's off the ball all the time, mostly now. But his teammates got to continue to find him, especially when he gets hot. And he was. He was bragging rights hot in that yeah. first half against Arizona. That's a game you want to ride him with 25 points. Yeah, absolutely. He only had 
two in the second half. Yeah, two on points. Four over, shots. Two points over the last twenty eight and a half minutes. Yeah, that's, that's gotta find him when he's read that right feeling that way. Absolutely. And and some of that comes with getting stops because you get out in transition and that was what they were able to do early on was run play really fast get up the floor the spacing is also really important because when you can space out Andres and Io and have Kofi down the lane and, and Trent's over there in the corner I thought there were possessions where they moved the ball well and, and did that but then in the half court they're a really good yeah. transition team oh yeah because they might have the, beautiful in the first half might have the best transition guard in college basketball in Io DeSumo I mean you saw in spurts Derek mm-hmm. why that guy is built as a first or build as a first round draft pick but then the half court, he didn't look like an NBA draft pick, right? Like yeah, you see what Man, you see what Manion can do, you see what Green can do in the half court. He's got to get better there. How, what are the things he's got to do better in the half court? Well, Why has, is he struggling? He's got to shoot the three better. He, yeah. he was one for six against Arizona in the last nineteen games. He's just above thirty percent from three. So that that needs to improve not only from a standpoint of draft stock and and, and the next level, but also. Uh, you know, being a first-team All Big Ten type of player because he's a top three shooter on this team. Well, that that's also, but a yeah, very like good they, point. They yeah. need him to shoot because it's Trent, Alan Griffin, and Io, right? Mm-hmm. Now maybe Georgie every night, maybe maybe won a game from Georgie if you can get that, that'd be great. But I mean, they they're built to have him shoot threes, and he needs to. He needs to shoot. He needs to shoot thirty five percent, right? Like what he did last yeah, year in no, the total. At least. But as you said, like first half of last year, he was surprisingly like what fifty percent, and then second half, high forties, yeah, went down to like twenty nine. Right, and twenty nine is actually where this team is at right now. Three point shooting, this team is shooting twenty nine percent from three. Yeah, not good enough. Io also, again, I said decision making. There are just moments where I don't know if he he's gotten a bucket or two, and he's trying to. Heat check it a little bit and yeah. try to go to the rim again, but he drives into a lot of traffic and just turns it over, makes bad decisions. He's got to clean that up. And also, finishing at the rim needs to improve. Mm-hmm. He needs to – I don't know. It's just a matter of making it, but it's also – he's not a elevation no. explosive athlete. He's just kind of nifty. Yeah. Right? He's just kind of nifty around there every once in a while, especially in transition. He He's great when it's like a one-on-one. But, yeah, when there's a couple guys there – it gets harder. That's what's amazing about Andres, right? Is the way he can finish around the rim. It's six foot, and the the runners he has, the strength he has, yep. and he gets to the free throw line so much. Um, how do they build this bench? I mean, when's Tevian Jones coming back? And and do you think Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk will be a factor? I think Benjamin is still gonna. I think he's gonna be a good player. The win is now the question, and I will it be soon enough will be this year I think right. now you're starting to wonder because uh, he has a, a ways to go I think the next couple of weeks are very beneficial again with the opponents I'd with really the practice like, I'd really like to get him more than 10 minutes in each of these games yeah right. I, I think he'll be a different player come bragging rights right or, or come January when it's a thick of big template I think he can really help you there I think he'll be better suited to give you minutes than Kipper at that point I, I'd feel comfortable in saying that how much is that saying though yeah I mean people are giving us crap now about Kofi being five yeah. no one saw this come on great we have great four <laughs> hey, we did talk about hey the coaching staff would probably yeah. put him one or two but right how could you not put Io DeSumo and Trent Frazier and Georgie Bashan it's just Georgie they need him to play really well Right, they they need him to play well to be as good as they think they're going to be. Well, yeah, his his impact or his X factor, however you want to you want to phrase it, is as high as really anybody on the team. If he plays well, this team is deep, is deep, and and 
on that upside level, the Andy Katz <laughs> level of this of this spectrum. But uh, when Tev's coming back, I mean, I've heard mid December. Uh, I think that they're Underwood has said it's kind of up to him on on the ver- the variation. Maybe based on what he sees, I guess so. But uh, I think there, there's, from what I've heard, there's a clear kind of blueprint or plan of of when it's supposed to happen. And I don't think it's going to be and, immediately. And here's the hard part: what do you get when he comes back? Good question. I mean, it's two years in a row, right? Where you're suspended for a chunk of the season. Then what is he going to be when he comes back? How does he fit into the team? All those things, and we know it doesn't usually click right away. We've seen it with football, with those guys who were suspended last year for the first three games. It takes them a while to get back into it. So yeah, He's not getting reps with Dre and Io and Trent and Georgie and Kofi in practice. So no. As far as like chemistry and familiarity with those guys. But man. Can, just, he, can he step up and hit open shots? Yeah, I think he just, can. Just a 6'7 guy who can stretch the floor. That's that's <laughs> and mm-hmm. finish at the rim, even if it's ugly at times. They, they need somebody like that. Yeah, just I, just I to think, extend the bench a little bit. I think it'll give you more rebounding than Kipper too. Right, and Tevian I don't think is a great rebounder. No, he's just a good athlete. We say this three games in. I still think it's an NCAA tournament team. It's just they got things to correct. I think that Arizona game was a little bit of a wake up call for him. The it, end of it. It was. I mean that's that looks like a team, and not to be too overreactionary in the first week of the season. Arizona looks like they could go to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. I, that's, I think they looked like a top-two seed in that game. Yeah. In that game, they looked like a top-two seed. There'll be a load offensively. That that was a really hard challenge for Illinois. Should they have competed more down the stretch? Yeah, I think they should have. Overall, first week, look, Nichols State beat Pitt. No one's putting Pitt in their bracketology, right. or had they done done it in the off season? I, again, if you do the transitive property, yeah, Pitt, Pitt is beat not a Florida program. State. Florida State beat Florida. Florida was a top fifteen program going in. Right. Same time, look, you had every reason. Or towards the end, when you don't score in the last five minutes against Nickel State, they could have very well beat you. Right, Grand Canyon didn't didn't close as well as you should have. It was a C minus first week. Do you agree with that? Yeah. No, that's right. Because you won two games, you toughed them out, you played with a really good team for 25 minutes, but I think we expected more. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. If you would have taken Arizona down to the wire, like that would have been a eight-point game. I think you can give them a B, B-minus sure. on that. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, one, talent-wise, I think Illini fans might have realized, yeah, we're better, but boy, we're not at that level yet. We're not Andy Katz level yet. Right. <laughs> right? And, and if the only team of your non-conference slate, if that's the only tournament team, which I know that it could be a smaller like nickel state if they somehow win the Southland Conference tournament. I, I don't think Missouri is going to the tournament. Yeah, you beat Missouri. That's not a. You don't have a lot of chances for great wins. Yeah. So it was a missed opportunity. So if you lost by twenty-one points to the only team you, the only tournament team you played in the non-conference, that's a little concerning. Got to do some work in the Big Ten. Yep. And probably more than just ten and ten. Yep. Right. So you're putting pressure on yourself there. All right. When we come back, Derek, let's talk about early signing period. Illinois signing a big time point guard. Will they add another big combo guard to that? We'll talk about that next. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, Derek Piper, Andre Corbello, Coleman Hawkins should sign during this early period. We'll see if they add one more. But overall, how would you grade a recruiting class? Let's say Adam Miller commits, and we'll, we'll dive into that. But if it's Adam Miller, Andre Corbello, Coleman Hawkins, that's it. That's who you're bringing in. I'm sure you'll add one more. Um, say it's Kuma. Mm-hmm. How would you grade that? It's hard not to give the duo of Curbelo and Miller an A. I agree just, with you. Just in general. And, and Coleman, I think, has some upside. I don't I don't think he's going to bring a whole lot early on. Um, I, I give it an A because your two biggest losses this offseason, assuming Io still goes, which that's a whole other thing, but I, I think he's going to. Yeah. Io and Felice, and you trade that out for Curbelo and Adam Miller. I mean, you did your job in the class. That's an A. That's a heck of a class. Okay, if they don't, if it's just Coleman Hawkins, Curbelo, and say a guy like Kuma, uh, hmm. B. Yeah, because <laughs> I love Andre Curbelo. Yeah, Curbelo's been my guy. Yeah, I mean <laughs> so the fact that they got him, I just think he's so Brad Underwood and uh, Trent Meacham is high on this too because he said, "What's this team bad at right now? Passing." They're not a good passing team right now. That's a good point. Curbelo could really fix that. And the fact that he's going to be here a long time is really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to make an impact day one, but really when you stretch it out, his full four-year projection and who he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be one of the most accomplished guards. In my opinion, Over a four, in that four-year window that he plays, he'll be one of the most accomplished guards during it. And, and do you feel like it sounds like you're confident in that? You know what yeah. I mean? Like some guys, like Adam Miller, he, he comes in here, he could be a Trent Frazier-like player, maybe even better than that. He's got a really high ceiling. Maybe it's Jordan Poole-level ceiling, you know what I mean? But like, Curbelo, it feels like the floor is so high with him. Mm-hmm. Why do you? Why are you so confident in him? Uh, just what I've seen, what he's done in the international circuit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Being the man on his team in Puerto Rico? Yeah. His leadership qualities as well, but just his overall, his overall feel, his passing, those are known commodities. Those are high, high level at, uh, known, you know, values that he brings. Does he need to shoot the three better? Yes. Does he need to get stronger and, and be able to show that he can play defense? He's quick enough defensively, uh, but the combination of quickness, passing, vision, and just knowing how this offense is supposed to work, knowing the transition game they want to play, I mean, that dude is at a high, high, high level. Yeah. As far as a playmaker. When, what year does Coleman Hawkins get into the rotation? He will be in the rotation as a sophomore, I think. True sophomore? <laughs> redshirt sophomore? Does Underwood like to redshirt anybody? <laughs> I, I don't think it's possible to redshirt anybody anymore. So sophomore? I, yeah, I think a sophomore. I, I mean, you Get about 20 pounds on him? Let's see, next year your fours are, well, Georgie, Tev... And you lose Kipper and Bossman. Okay, Bossman. Bossman is the. I'm excited about him long term. Yeah, it's going to be tough to overcome. So maybe I think he'll play as a sophomore. Junior year is probably what you're yeah, really looking. Third at. year, yeah. I'll say third year. Yeah, <laughs> it gives me a little opening if they they can redshirt. Is any is but that's a I, good question. Gr- Grandison can play the four maybe. Oh yeah. Do you look back at that by the way, Grandison and Hutcherson and say maybe Underwood was a little confident in his roster? Overconfident. Overconfident? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who they could add it. They, yeah. I mean, they're, it, with where they were at, I mean, those were late additions. I don't know who they could have added at the four. Maybe not even anybody who helps you. So I get it. I, I get what they were doing. But 
Yeah, you could use another body in that front court right now. For sure. And if, you know, again, we've seen this staff do well recruiting in the spring mm-hmm. or late. And if you added a freshman, I know, I understand the value again of pl- knowing the system and developing and all that. I, I get that. Uh, that's a good question. That'll be something that we'll obviously we'll talk about more when we see what those guys can, yeah. can do next year. But uh, maybe taking one of those guys and then trying to get another. You know, a late ad like an Alan Griffin or a Tev or somebody right. like that, that maybe would have been an option. Okay. Adam Miller, he says he's not going to sign during the early signing period. He said a lot of stuff recently. Do we believe him? Do we believe he is not going to sign? I yeah, I don't I don't know if I believe him because he said he was going to do it January. in January, then he's going to do it on November 21st. He's going to have a big ordeal. He said he, he tweeted he was going to take a visit to Michigan and he deleted it. Yeah. I think he's having fun. Exactly. Like, I mean, come on. At least he is. Like, Illini fans on our uh, on our premium board are sitting there going, "I think Adam like has a premium membership and is just trolling <laughs> us." And I I wouldn't put it past. I mean, he's got some showmanship here mm-hmm. to this whole process, but it sounds like Illinois is in a good spot, and they have been for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going into the visit, after the visit, you look at all the crystal balls, and. Mine has stayed the same. Evan Daniels is in there. Brian Snow's in there. Our boy Joe Hendrickson has said Illinois would it, it'd be a surprise if it's not Illinois. Yeah, right. And I think just the timing of just his commitment in general. Will he sign? Will he not? The commitment is lined up. Let's be honest. I, I said at this point, unless he's going to wait, it's going to be Illinois. Right. And Arizona State wasn't in his top three, and a lot of throughout the early fall it was well. This is Illinois and Arizona State. So. To the bottom of it, yeah, I I, th- I think he's committing to Illinois. Will he sign? I think that, again, as I've said throughout the fall, it's very, very, very possible. Yeah. If he doesn't, I mean, he could do that, right? I don't think Illinois is going to go away from him, right? He's got some leverage if he wanted to do that. He could. It'd be really int- I don't think they'd be happy about no, it. No, they would, they would not. But that's the interesting dynamic it plays. We know there's leverage in situations, Derek. And, you know, Illinois um, doesn't have as much leverage as in Arizona or some of these other programs, Kentucky, Louisville, whatever it is. It would be an interesting play. And it would just be interesting for, you know, a, a guy like that. I mean, Kofi didn't sign during the early signing period. I know he was still going through his recruitment a little bit. But, um, you know, he waited and he could have changed his mind if he wanted to and signed elsewhere. Of course, he stayed loyal and loved this place. And I'm sure Adam would do the same thing, but it would leave his options open in case anything changes. Like for a guy of that level, I think that could be a smart individual play if your coaching staff is okay with it or they just have to deal with it. Yeah, they, they would. And it goes back to the potential IO factor. It's like, well, I want to know that I was going to go to the NBA because not that they dislike each other. I don't want to pin this as these these guys hate each other and don't want to play together. But Won a championship together, right? State title together, yeah, yeah for sure. And it's just Adam doesn't want to play in Io's shadow. Adam wants to have a big-time role as a freshman, and uh, it's been framed to him that he'd come in with Trent and now Andre Curbelo, and you're going to play a lot. It's a nice little trio. It's nice. There, there's no, there's not the experience level of this year, but you'll have Kofi, I believe, right? Yeah. Here's the thing: people are talking to me about Kofi, 15 years ago, yeah, he could be a one and done lottery pick. I, I just don't think they would have loved him in the 90s. Oh man, <laughs> been a top five pick in the 90s. Now though, they all want these guys to shoot. They they wanted to be able to 
guard the pick and roll, right? And I, I think those are two areas he struggles. I have no question he'll get drafted whenever he comes out, Derek, because there's still a role for a rim-running big man who can rebound and score down low. You, you can find those guys, but they're usually drafted towards the end of the first round or the second round. We also saw against Arizona that his offensive toolbox in the paint is still fairly raw. The moves that he can make. You Compared know, to a guy like Najee. Right, exactly. Yeah. Kofi, if, if he's within five feet and it goes up, or he's you know pulling in an offensive rebound and and trying to dunk it. I mean that looks really good. But if he's what Arizona did a good job of was pushing him away to where now you got to make a move or you got to you know put your hook up from seven to ten feet instead of five. He's a five like he's a five feet around the basket guy. Now he can make a jumper every once in a while. They showed right? that in the exhibition. But, yeah, but that's where his impact is. Like in the NBA, you got to spread it out even more than the college game. Yeah, but. I think Illinois fans should be excited to have him. But next year you'd have Trent, obviously Georgie, Kofi, Curbelo, Miller, Griffin, Jones, Bossman's with a full year. Grandison. Yeah, a Hutcherson. Like, DeMonte. That would be by far the deepest team. So even though this year's team, you feel like a little bit more experienced, a little bit more maybe high-end talent with what Andres is doing and what Io is doing, but next year – you you have as deep of a team as you've had in a long time. Yeah, for sure. And how much could this year's team use the outside shot making ability of Adam Miller? Right. Get shooters. Yep. I mean, him and Trent opposite Andre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hutcherson can shoot it too if his yeah. body develops. And, and Grandison can, can shoot it. Yeah. Decently. Grandison would be what the third best shooter on this team right now. He shot thirty four percent last year, I believe. Yeah, it was. he'd be in that. The top, top five. four, top four, top five. <laughs> Just saying. I know. Sets up to be a decent roster next year. So outside of Adam Miller, anyone else we should pay attention to? I think it it becomes a situation you stay keeping tabs on Bernard Kuma, and then if something opens up in the spring, you're probably looking grad transfer. Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Derek Piper. Basketball is in full swing, but who would have known if people feel better about football right now? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I've been entertained, man. I, I, I've had a fun time watching it, so uh, it's a good time. Good time for the revenue sport. Who is your MVP of Illinois football right now? I tried to have this conversation on my radio show. It's a good problem to have that it's hard to pick one. It is pretty hard. Uh, I, Mikey Dudek, we asked him on Mon- or Tuesday. I'm all mixed yeah. up with travel. He said Daley Harding. Can't argue. 20 tackles, I guess – the way they've been able to, to stop the run. It's hard not to pick a defensive player, right? And, and now it feels like Harding has, has taken over Jake Hansen because Jake missed a game. Harding's had probably bigger performances the last couple of weeks with some of the takeaways. But Hansen early was was one of my leaders. He's uh, got seven forced fumbles. Yeah. Jamal Milan is having a fantastic That's year. Sleeper pick. Joshy Matt Torbebe stepping up. He's the fan pick. Yeah. But a guy that doesn't like, – I feel like fans are fighting against liking is Brandon Peters. That performance against Michigan State in the fourth quarter, actually most of the game, he was ridiculously good. And without him, I think you're three and seven right now. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I guess, yeah, I I would have to lean towards defense because that's where the biggest improvement has been made. I think Harding's the easy pick right now. Yeah. Because there's stats. He obviously does his thing really well. And linebacker play has just been fantastic. Kudos, Miles Smith. People Never asking thought me, I'd hear that on this podcast. People asking me, like, how would you divvy up the credit? I have no idea. It's all part of the operation. It's like you, me, and Trotter, man. And everybody, like, yeah. we're not as good without the others, right? It's the product. It's, it's the sum of the parts. That's right. 
It's and you got to have talent. Yeah, a little bit of talent, a little bit of work ethic. Sure. So we got it going for us. Uh, hey, by the way, thanks to everyone who subscribed. Um, it's been overwhelming how many people have signed up for uh, memberships the last couple months. We've had some great deals, and we appreciate people doing that. Uh, it's been fun to cover, and uh, I think we're putting out some great content. Derek, with you in basketball, and obviously I'm helping with that too, but Trotter and I with football, uh, it's been fantastic. We get some of the non-revenue covered too. I don't want to uh, – Gabby Hyduke has joined us and done a really good job with some of her stories. Uh, Gavin Good doing a really good job there. So it's been a lot of fun. And then the national analysts really help us out with Steve Wiltfong, Alan True, Brian Snow, Evan Daniels. Uh, but we just really appreciate that because we do work our butts off for you. Uh, but without you, it's not possible for Derek to go to Arizona, for, for me and Isaac to do East Lansing. So it's been pretty overwhelming, Derek, that yeah. you know, a couple of years ago we started this with just a couple hundred members. and Crazy. Tad, maybe a couple hundred members in a couple months is pretty cool. It's awesome. And, <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't happen without you guys out there. And uh, thanks to everybody who's taking advantage of the the promos and also everybody that's been riding with us for a couple of years. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. And now that uh, makes, these, makes these trips a little easier, right? Oh, yeah. Or more worthwhile instead of going to Nebraska and seeing a big blowout or something like that and spending three days doing it. And now you guys have a bowl game to cover. Yeah. And uh, I still we will think that it'll be a tournament team to cover too. So I uh, agree with you. Let's watch it keep going. All right. If uh, you want to sign up still, we can do the first month. We still got a deal you can get for a buck. So we still got good deal for you all the time or 30% off your annual. If you're just listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. But I would say give us a try. The premium content is really, really good. For the podcast, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We really appreciate that. Hopefully keep the good times rolling here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.